0: Welcome to the Wasting Time Podcast. We've been away for a little while. This is our first episode of the new year. Hope everyone's doing good. I'm going to keep this intro very short because I'm on my own today. Nick is back soon. We're actually recording an episode later this week. Uh, this week, I was joined by Leo Dyke, who's frontman of Reminders. Reminders are about to go out on a co-headlining tour with Lovebreakers. The tour begins on January 29th and runs through until Friday the 3rd of February. If you're UK based, be great if you could make one of these local shows. Go and see both bands, they're both excellent. Beginning, as I say, Sunday 29th of January, that's at the Old Hairdressers in Glasgow. Then on Monday 30th, that's at Nottingham Bodega in Nottingham. Tuesday 31st, the Castle Hotel Manchester in Manchester. Wednesday the 1st, february it's black heart and camden i'll be at that one so hopefully i'll see some of you there second of february it's at bath moles in bath and then finishes with a hometown show for love breakers at the flapper february 3rd in birmingham yeah in terms of new music and everything i'll save that for the next intro with nick i'll just i'll get on with the interview now see you later Thanks for doing it. Let me just introduce you. So I'm joined by Leo, frontman of Reminders. Thanks for doing this, man. It's and also I should say for the listeners that um, this is a weird one because like normally, you know, I'm meeting someone sort of virtually for the first time. But like with you, even though like this is the first time we've spoken face to face, we have spoken many times on the phone. So I know. You yeah, we've had some phone so. calls.
1: Yeah, I think, well, the first th- I, I listened to the podcast before we'd even spoken i'm a fan of the podcast so oh thank you no it's an honor to be here and it's yeah it's quite interesting to be face to face virtually but yeah what an honor
0: yeah so at the time of speaking like we we thought it'd be a good time to because we've been talking about getting you on the show for a while now and we thought now would be a good time um well for two two reasons really we'll cover them both in this but like the the first one being that you have a new single coming out soon
1: yeah absolutely the 20th
0: Wow. Okay, we'll 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 come to that first, and then obviously you are head, heading out on the co-headlining tour with uh, Lovebreakers at the end of the month. Yeah, ma'am. I will do my best to have this show out before both of those things.
1: Hopefully, um, yeah. otherwise it's a bit pointless. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, tell me about the new single first. The new single. Okay, the new single is called International Dial Tones, and I actually wrote it with my friend Jack, who plays in Grade Two, who obviously you've spoken to as well.
0: I do know um, jack yes
1: yeah so he's like one of my one of my very closest pals and um we've written a lot of songs together and yeah this one was a bit of a frankenstein sort of song it's one of those ones where the verse came around and it had a different chorus and different lyrics and sort of it built up over over the course of time and it's sort of like it's like as close as to sounding like the ramones as i feel comfortable um, okay, sounding like a Ramones core, screeching weasel sort of band. No disrespect. Nice. It's not my bag. And yeah, it's like sort of two minutes long, really quick power pop sort of song. And yeah.
0: Okay. So, uh, would it if? How would the song fit on? Um, so you obviously you have four, one full length out that came mm-hmm. out last year. Would it, would it sound out of place on that record?
1: It wouldn't sound out of place, but I think it would sound. Oh, that's a good question. It wouldn't sound out of place, but it, it's definitely a bit more of a refined sound, and it's a sound that um, is totally self-produced. I think in the last record, I produced the, the vast majority of it, but it did have influences. You know, from a couple of engineers, there was three engineers across that record, so it was quite a uh, eclectic okay. mix of taste. I think, like I said, this is more streamlined and refined, and um, it's a sound I'm super excited about. I mean, I think. I think I found our lane a little bit with this tune, which is why it makes sense to sort of be the next, um, the next sort of, you know, as we head towards maybe a next album or sort of yeah. next step away from the, uh, the debut record. I think it makes perfect sense. I think this is the direction that, that we sort of want to head in.
0: And obviously you say you wrote it with, with Jack from grade two, like uh, did that come out of, so I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit because this is something I want to talk about a bit later mm-hmm. on, but didn't aren't you, and him involved in some sort of side project.
1: Yeah, we're in a side project together with one of our closest friends, a guy called Toby, who's a wicked drummer. It, it Actually, interestingly as well, Toby, I, I I kind of wrote the song with Jack and Toby, but in separate, okay. completely separate environments. Um, yeah, I think Jack and I have a tendency... I think he's probably heard every song I've written for the last two years. We just, you know, we write a little idea, whether it's 30 seconds or three minutes and we WhatsApp it to each other. And we, we, I think we've probably co-written, you know, probably a hundred songs together. Maybe some that will never see the light of day, maybe some that will. Um, So I think it's like a, uh, it was just a, yeah, like a WhatsApp chat. I was like, oh, what'd you think of this? And then he, you know, hits back straight away. Like, I think you should change the chorus to make it sound more like this. Um, and yeah, and that, that was sort of the turning point. That was when it became the tune it was. And then I had okay. different verses, um, quite a cool verse actually, but I, I wasn't happy with it. And I took it to Toby a couple of months after that. And we were sat at Toby. Toby had this like really cool flat on the Isle of Wight where we'd go and write tunes all the time. And so I was there and we were just like sort of messing around with some stuff. And then we came up with the verse melody together and he was like drumming along and yeah, so it's like a very collaborative thing, which is like a probably going to be a, a more, more of a common theme in in reminders moving forward because it's like I find writing songs on my own quite um, isolating and boring. Now yeah. I, I love collaborating with as many people as possible.
0: Is this one? Are you putting this out like via Wiretap or Venn or anything like stuff in the past? What's the deal? Yeah, the
1: same the same way as the uh, lo- the record came out with Wiretap okay. and Venn. Um, yeah, I love working with. With both of them, you know, obviously everybody knows Wiretap and Rob and everything that he's up to and everything he does, you know, for for like alternative bands in in California and um and yeah, Ven, I'm super honored to be a part of Ven because the the roster's amazing and and Lags is is a, is a sweetheart and you do, you don't come across as you as you know, Chris, you don't come across too many genuine, sincere people and yeah, the, everybody involved with those two record labels is you know, in it for the right reasons. And I feel super privileged to, yeah, be under their wings. How
0: how long have you been involved with Venn?
1: Uh, We signed the record to Venn in 2021 in um, May. I want to say May or June. And then, but it wasn't announced until this time last year. And then we sort of got cracking. But yeah, we Um, were, yeah, we were, we sort of planned a lot of stuff and we just sort of took it slow. And, but we were sat on that record, you know, the, the debut record, we were sat on it for years. I mean, those all of those songs are, are really old and, and, like, you know, sort of predate, you know, time itself. <laughs>
0: right. So the other big reason for, you, for us doing the show now, as I mentioned before, is you've got the UK tour coming up at the end of the month. Yeah. Um, obviously, me working with Love Breakers, it's something I'm very involved in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you feeling about that? Feeling excited about it?
1: Yeah, I can't wait. I mean for full transparency for uh, anyone listening the reason we had phone calls before chris and i is because i was very privileged to join lovebreakers when they supported social distortion last summer so that's that's, that's why so I'm, i know those guys very well they're they're four of my like closest friends and yeah And but the reason the whole reason we we became friends is because i was a fan of the band and i reached out and you know, and we, we were on wiretap as well. So I thought, you know, I thought we were label mates, and I thought that was wicked. And of all the wiretap bands, you know, Lovebreakers are, 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 are my favorite by by quite some margin. So, um, so yeah, I th- you know, it feels as as close as, as we all are, and when we are like Christians, my, one of my best friends. But I can't wait. They're one of my favorite bands. So yeah.
0: Can you remember like the first time you heard them? Like, what was the song that impressed you by them? That kind of.
1: Oh, that's a great question. I think it was Family Man. And, and I tell you what, actually, it was around <laughs> the time, I think it was around the time that we signed the record to, to Venn, I remember. Okay. Yeah, it must, it must have been, because I, it must have been, yeah. I'll tell you what it was, it was because Grade 2 also supported the Social Distortion Tour, Yeah. and I saw Lovebreakers were the other support band, so I checked them out, saw that uh, they were on Whiteout, and it was sort of like this weird, like, you know, thing that happened whereas like all these weird mutual associations. So, so that was why, um, yeah, that, that was how I came across it. And I think it was family man was the song that jumped out at me. And then I just, you know, I remember just being like a massive fan of, of that record, like serious. And that's not like any PR bullshit. I mean, it's, it's the truth. And then, yeah. And then I ended up sort of in the band on the social distortion tour, um, you know? Yeah, and
0: it's funny, and obviously, I said I said for the listener before that you and I have no, never met in person, and it's like we on that tour we 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 kind of just missed each other because I think you did like um, the first however many shows, and then mm. you know you, you were only able to stay up to a point, and then yeah. I went out to a bunch of shows, but I like the first one I went to was obviously after after you hopped off the tour. Mm. That must have been an insane experience. I mean, obviously, I had some of it myself. Um, yeah. But yeah, you you were living there every day for a while, and as as you mentioned, you were you know part of the band on stage. Yeah, you know,
1: it was insane. And I, I me and Christian especially, like reminisce. Probably most weeks, send each other some photos, and I you know I'm just super grateful, for, like for the experience and to join the band. You know, I like I don't take that lightly at all. It's like a it's very generous thing, and. I think I added something, but I don't know. Had
0: you, had you ever been on stage, like on that kind of level, anything close to that kind of level before?
1: We did the, with Reminders, we did the Isle White Festival main stage, which was a big, it was a big stage That, but there were... Oh, you yeah, you,
0: yeah, you might have told me that before, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah,
1: so that was a big stage, and, you know, the killer's headline that night, but we opened, so we were on it, like, sort of one in the afternoon, and there was maybe, yeah. like, four or 500 people there. But, you know, when, oh, okay. when we did Munich... You know, with Lovebreak, yeah. I think there's four or five thousand people there, and it was yeah. psychotic and what an experience. And I think, you know, again, like to, to go back to the tour, like to be touring with them, fresh off the back of of that, you know, what privilege, man! Like they, they I was there, first hand, experiencing it every night, and yeah, involved in it every night, and you know, fucking hell, like they're, you know, they're quite a special, special uh, band. So yeah, absolutely buzzing about you know any association yeah. with them at all.
0: Let me just ask you a little bit about sort of like your life sort of outside of reminders um, mm. you know I think you've told me a little bit about it before but like just just for the listener and stuff like kind of it's how much of your life does the band take up at this point and what's a sort of like typical day-to-day sort of outside of the band so where, where are you based are you based in Southampton or are you based in Isle of
1: because uh, I know you're from Isle of Wight I from the Isle of Wight I grew up on the Isle of Wight and the band is very very um, you know, sort of centered around that the whole beach mm-hmm. punk thing. You know, the Isle of Wight is sort of yeah. your archetypal, like totally abandoned seaside town. You know, it still feels like you're in the '80s or or the '70s when people would sort of holiday places like the Isle of Wight. You know, it's still stuck in that time warp. And I think when I when we when I did live there, I didn't take it for granted. And I think it's really interesting. I think since leaving, you know, I'm only across the water in Southampton. Fair enough. But since leaving, uh, I, I think I maybe underestimated just how much that informed the songs and i think listening back to the yeah to the album now the songs are all about you know my experiences living in basically the, the biggest this is the way i describe it to people is the biggest suburb you can have because it's a suburb that doesn't lead to a city there isn't a city it's just yeah. a suburb on its own and it costs 100 pounds to get off on the car ferry so i think you know that was a it's a really interesting place to grow up and I, and i think it provided yeah. a really interesting perspective but you know now nowadays i'm in southampton and i'm just trying to make as much music as possible you know i make and mix records and produce records and that's sort of what i'm doing in my day to day um i'm writing songs with other people as well collaborating with other writers and writing with other artists and yeah just trying to like i say make as much music as as possible every day
0: but do you is there a studio that you work out of then
1: so there's a there's a couple studios so there's a studio on the isle of wight that i use um yeah but I, to be honest, I, n- I normally only record drums in the studio, and I do everything else um, remotely. At, you know, at other people's places or at my place. Or um, so, yeah. I think um, you know that's sort of the way it is now, man. I think you know it's, it can be so. I think it's way less uh, about the gear now and more about you, your ideas and, and you as a as a person to be around recording. I mean, record as, as easy as it is to record on your own. I think the value of being a producer now isn't in what you can provide in terms of gear, it's what you can bring yeah. in terms of ideas and in terms of, you know, what type of person are you, are you like to have around? Because if I'm recording on my own, I mean, I could do a hundred different vocal takes and be, you know, super depressed at the end of it. But if I had someone there with me who I trust and can suggest things, and, you know, that's invaluable. You know, I think the, stu- the you know the, the value of a studio is decreasing, but the value of a good producer or entity or somebody to have around is will always be completely um invaluable
0: so what artists have you been working with recently
1: i just realized this whole time you can see my kitchen
0: bin (laughs) to be fair i hadn't noticed that until you pointed that out but yeah that is the life of a reminder
1: (laughs) um i did the grade two record grade two did an acoustic record um
0: oh what the one with the yellow cover
1: yeah yeah so
0: oh okay oh i didn't realize that okay
1: yeah yeah so that was like a fun sort of Lockdown, it was in lockdown and I was sort of semi-producing it over Zoom although those guys produced it I'd say mm-hmm.
0: and
1: I think they'd say so too <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I mixed it and um, yeah, that was super surreal because um, you know, obviously Tim Armstrong and Rancid and Lars and yeah, Epitaph are heavily involved in every sort of step of the way with, with Grade 2 so, you know, I was sort of getting sent emails, screenshots of emails of Tim Armstrong saying how he thought <laughs> sounded which was oh that's cool incredible for me yeah inc- absolutely insane and um and yeah i've been doing working with a girl on the isle of wight who's sort of doing like some some pop old pop sort of stuff pop country maybe i don't know how you describe it called beth brookfield she put out a song um called chasing after you which we wrote together and i produced and there's some other stuff that i, that I can't talk about whilst we're on record okay um, okay but it's really exciting and it's um it's all based up in london in like a super is that yeah it's super like elitist studio in london with like some really cool writers and for a big nice. so, um but yeah i can tell when i can tell you on the phone the next time we have an illicit. yeah phone. yeah no I, <laughs> I
0: look forward to hearing that definitely just going back to being based in southampton like it's funny my, my brother was there for work recently and he, like we used to go there when we were kids all the time for relatives See relatives and stuff, but it'd been a long time since he'd been there, and I have not been there for years. But he was telling me it's kind of it's it's got a really cool vibe there. It's very sort of hipster. These is guys. that is so? That, does that is that the Southampton that you know and love? Or
1: um, yeah, I, I don't mind Southampton. I think the the best part of Southampton is it's an hour from London, and and, right. and, and, yeah. and I don't have to pay London prices for anything, let alone London rent. So um, yeah, I think that's sort of the benefit for me. But yeah, I've got I've made loads of great friends here. I don't know whether I'd say it's hipster. It's got the I mean, it's got some great venues in it. It's got the Joiners, which is an amazing venue. Of course, you know, like super historic venue. Um, I've actually got a poster framed um, of Christian framed it for me. Actually, oh nice, yeah, of uh, Green Day at the Joiners in Southampton, nineteen ninety one. Oh, that's and, uh, cool. think, and, and you know, so, so many great bands still come through. Um, and, and they want to play the joiners and, and yeah, so there is a there is a music scene definitely, but um, I don't know whether I would say it's hipster. It's more um, <laughs> more lots of um, sort of heroin addicts and
0: oh, f- people okay, trying to pull sort of
1: roles from Gregs and things like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's always had a decent enough alternative scene as far as I can remember. Like um, I remember because the likes of our time down here, who then became Creeper, that. Mm. They're all from Southampton, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then there was like going back a bit further. Howard's Alias, not Katie's. Any of those bands ever cross your radar? Because yeah, I'm, yeah. Ju- I'm just conscious of our age difference. And I'm just wonder how no, much no, 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 yeah. those bands, their legacies, kind of bleed into into you. Yeah, your I know the guys the Creeper.
1: They're, they're lovely guys, and they're like super involved in the scene in Southampton, and they. Yeah. They still play shows at the Joiners. They they'll do like a double night at the Joiners or something. Yeah,
0: which, yeah, which I yeah.
1: find really funny. But, but yeah, I mean you know, if, I mean Frank Turner. I mean I'm not personally a, a huge fan, but he's from Winchester, so I think
0: yeah, yeah, of course, his
1: like, association with Southampton's pretty pretty strong. And, um, and yeah, I think, you know, we've got, we've got a terrible football club. So that's, that's great, <laughs> a terrible football club that beat Man City 2-0 last night. And I should have gone and didn't. So there you go, Chris. I mean, <laughs> what type of fan am I? But yeah, yeah, to joy. I think Southampton probably gets a lot of stick. I think, I don't know how, I don't know what people would compare it to. You know, do people look at Southampton how I look at say Nottingham? Do you know what I mean? Like to me, Nottingham is like a nowhere town with nothing to do, but maybe when we go, on tour with Lovebreakers in just a couple weeks, tickets. There we go.
0: Nice plug. Yeah. Nice plug.
1: Um, <laughs> maybe when we're there, I'm going to, you know, I think it's really cool. And I don't know. I don't know. I think, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't call it hipster, but I don't
0: mind. <laughs> but r- Real quick on the subject of Southampton, the football club. I think yeah. the only time I went to, to, it was the old, what was the old Dell back in the day? I remember going, I think it must have been, season. I'm an Arsenal fan and I remember Arsenal lost 1-0. Ian Wright missed the penalty. It was a grim day. Right.
1: I mean, if there's one football stadium I wouldn't want to miss a penalty at, it's the Dow. Yeah, I remember
0: it was a pokey little stadium because I know know they've they've long since moved on. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. St Mary's is, is, is really nice
0: though. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just jumping sort of back into your history and music and stuff. Cause you know, if you've heard this show before, we kind of, you know, we, we, I, I prefer it to be more of a conversation than just a kind of walk through someone's career, but we kind of do that as a broad g- guideline. So, I mean, let's talk about yours a little bit. So
1: yeah.
0: as you mentioned already, um, from the Isle of Wight, that's where you were born and raised. So what, 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 what was like the first music you were really into? Well, you know, when, when, something you listened to and you were just like, okay, yeah, music is my thing. Like what kind of, what was it that pulled you in and what age were you?
1: I was, uh, 11 years old. Mm -hmm. And I remember it vividly. I was on the school playing fields and it was a summer morning and a couple of friends of mine had got to school early. So we were sort of having to kick around on the football pitch as lads do, as young lads Mm -hmm. do at school. um, and my friend of mine, a guy called Perry, (laughs) who <laughs> I haven't seen Perry for quite a few years, actually. <laughs> but um, I'm, I hope he's doing well. He was playing Holiday by Green Day out of a BlackBerry. I will never forget it. And I was just like, what? I was like mate, I was like, what are you listening to? And he says, Holiday by Green Day. And it was probably about 8 o'clock in the morning, and I'm like super ADHD now, yeah. let alone when I was 11. But I remember right. being like, Holiday by Green Day. Holiday by Green Day. And I went home, and I YouTubed it. And that was the sort of pivotal moment. And then, and then i tell you what happened is a couple months later, so that was in June 2012, so I would have been 11. I would have turned 12 in August. And then in September, I was on a sailing boat. I'm not a yachty by any stretch of the imagination or a <laughs> boat guy. And this is probably why things ended up the way they did. But I got whacked in the head by a boom on a sailing boat, like the thing that the sails attached to. It was like a fucking... yeah massive bit of steel. Yeah. I like stood up at the wrong time, got fucking knocked out cold Ouch. Like, blood everywhere. Yeah. Like it was crazy. And I had, I had 10 stitches in the back of my head and I had a week off school and um, Green Day announced that they were playing the Emirates stadium on the 1st of June 20, of 2013. And I think my mum felt so bad for me. She got me tickets. And, oh, right. Okay. And I remember she said to me, she was like, Leo, she was like, your dad's not going to be happy that I bought you these tickets. So she was like, just make sure you go, make sure you like commit to this. Because before that moment, I was sort of like one minute I wanted to be a fucking plumber. And then I wanted to be a geography teacher. And then I would wake up the next morning and be like, no, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be a footballer. And I think up until that point, I was sort of all over the place. And then maybe it was the boom that knocked some sense into me. Who knows?
0: Was it around this time you started playing music then?
1: Well then, yeah. So then I, then I got, I was gifted a bass guitar for one Christmas and, this is sort of when the band like doesn't form but theo who now plays bass in our in our band it was my brother's yeah. best friend at school so he's a couple years older than me and he came around and i sort of <laughs> he could already, he could already play guitar he was massively into slash he was like theo <laughs> he, he used to come in he'd have like a like a chain like not like this like a like a real thick chain and he'd have sweatbands on, on like with like studs on and he'd have a leather jacket and he was like 10 and it was I thought it was so sick. And yeah. he was like, he was so into slash. And so he was like a bit of a shredder. you like, he could shred the guitar. Like it, I remember, and I could have this totally wrong, but I remember it being quite impressive. I'm sure it, I'm sure now I wouldn't be at all impressed. But at the time <laughs> I just thought, like, this is so cool. And I was learning the bass and he came around to hang out with my brother one summer. Yeah. And uh, he just came in and was like, you're fucking, basically told me I was shit at the bass and then left. And I just remember being so deflated. I was like, oh my God, like, here's this guy that's like wicked at guitar and he's like basically telling me to give up. And then, and then about a year later I started, I started learning how to play guitar and I had a, I had a, I think I had a skateboard and Theo wanted the skateboard and he didn't like me and I didn't like him. I, he was just my yeah. brother's dick friend and um, maybe he still is, <laughs> but,
0: uh,
1: <laughs> and uh, yeah. And I remember saying to him like, well, if you want this fucking skateboard, I was like, you're going to have to teach me how to play the guitar. And, um, and that's what happened. And he taught me how to play the guitar. And maybe that would explain why I'm so terrible at the guitar. But um, he did teach me. And and yeah, it was sort of like serendipitous. That then you know, three years after that, maybe we formed a band. And um, and yeah, we, we were away. So and I, I'm I'm messing around. I'd love Theo ideally, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's how it all sort of came to be. Although that is all true. That is all true. But yeah.
0: Okay. So so about three years after that, you you formed the band, didn't? And is that basically this band still?
1: Yeah, it's this band and I I played so shortly after Theo taught me how to play guitar I had a friend yeah. at a school called Grace who, she was into like punk and we sort of saw eye to eye on like music and and stuff. So we were like, let's form a band, and like, you know, do it. And we wrote a letter to the council on the Isle of Wight saying that, like, there needs to be an all ages like club there for kids. And which <laughs> is like so moronic, but we really thought we were we were starting something. And um, and yeah, and she'd met Harry, who plays drums now in Reminders, mm-hmm. at like a mu- like a weekend music sort of like school thing, like school yeah. sort of vibe for like young kids. So i have been like fourteen then or 13 or 14 and um and yeah so we had a band me grace and harry and then so that's how i knew harry and then that band sort of like fell apart you know we could play one song it was like a green day b-side we learned and we could right. literally just play the one song and um and yeah so that sort of fell apart and then when me and theo were like jamming harry sent me a message on facebook and was like if you ever need a drama, let me know and and I did, and, and yeah, it's been us three ever since.
0: So how how long's that been now?
1: Well, we say that we put we put our first music out at the beginning of two thousand
0: and seventeen. So oh okay, which which weirdly is six years ago now. All of a sudden, it's so uh, yeah.
1: when you put it like that, it makes me feel like we've gone absolutely nowhere. But <laughs> um, but you know, yeah, I think we saw we did we weren't really taking it very seriously. Um, and then we got signed to Burger Records, which is obviously no more. Um, mm-hmm. And and then Burger Records got cancelled during COVID. Um, and then it was short, sort of during that we we like before it, they they sort of um, uh, what's the word like c- closed down before they. Um, they shut the label down we'd like cut ties with them because obviously everything was going on you know what yeah. a wild time that sort of summer was sort of insane and um and yeah so we cut all ties with them and then we sort of stepped away from the band for a very long time you know in, in, over a year maybe and then um like i was saying earlier when ven records got involved that was when sort of things kicked off again so I think really you know okay fair enough we put our first music out in 2017 but I don't think it really got going until the beginning of last year I think that was when we sort of like took a good look at it and was like okay do we want to do this and take it seriously yeah. because you know we've got an opportunity here and, and, and that's what we did and so I you know really it started a year ago I would say but there's music that predates 2021 by quite some margin so
0: okay um and touring wise like so obviously that wouldn't have really kicked off until a year ago. What I mean, what what tours have you kind of done at this point?
1: So we did, um, when well, we did do a tour in 2018 when we first got signed to okay. Burger. Um, we oh no. no 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 that was before we got signed to Burger or maybe it was when that was happening but it wasn't announced anyway. We did like a little. I mean, we did like four shows. It wasn't really a tour. We did London, Brighton, Southampton, and then an Isle of Wight gig. Yeah. You know, i was like 17 and to me it was like the coolest thing ever and, and it was really fun i have like really fond memories of that and um and then in 2019 we put a song out called picturesque which is on our album and we did a tour for that and that was seven shows or something like that so we'd, we've done that before and we've done some festivals and so you know we're no we're no strangers to to being on the road and i think you know we're, we're getting used to it and but yeah, I mean, it, it was hardly extensive touring. But then it was difficult because by the time we would picked up any momentum, COVID hit. I mean, we were we did that tour in September 2019, and then we yeah. booked stuff. We were actually booked to play in March 2020, and right. um, and we were we were supposed to play in York randomly. We, we were supposed to play in York, and the gig got cancelled because the UK's first sort of patient zero in the UK for COVID yeah, was in yeah, York. Yeah. So we didn't we didn't do the show. We we're going to do York York and Leeds, and then. Yeah. And so, like I say, when we really started picking up any sort of momentum, it was game over because of COVID. So that's, you know, that's why sort of post-COVID is sort of like the turning of a new leaf a little bit.
0: Um, just just to go back slightly, um, just talking like music you listen to and stuff like, so obviously Green Day was what pulled you in. But like, so when, when Reminders became a thing, like what, what other artists were you kind of listening to and, you know, sort of became the influences of of the sound that you have now?
1: Yeah, 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 for sure. So, with the, one that we get a lot, which I'm so flattered by, I don't necessarily hear it myself really, but I'm so flattered by it is The Replacements and Paul Westerberg. Um, people often say to me that, you know, uh, it's probably the one we get the most, like more, more really? so than or anything. Really, like I didn't there. mean
0: to sound surprised there by that. No, the way, but it, yeah. I think it is. <laughs> yeah. surprising. Like it is yeah, a, yeah.
1: Especially where they're like a bit more of a niche band. But, like I said, yeah. I find it so flat, flattering. And, um, And yeah, but I was massively into the replacements. By the time I was sort of like 14, I was like massively into the replacements. And then the Beatles are like a huge one. I mean, my dad's, so is my mum, but my dad particularly is a massive music fan. And he took me to- Are
0: are your parents musical?
1: No, my dad's tone deaf. He He couldn't, it's insane. I mean, to be honest, Chris, I'm not, it's actually, the fact that I'm sat here talking to you with any authority on the subject is- is quite the, the the facade because you know I was when I first started learning how to play guitar and singing and you know I was I was fucking hopeless I would truly really mean that I was fucking awful it was quite and to the point where I remember my brother sitting me down and being like why don't you try the drums
0: really? <laughs> because
1: I was I was just there and, and I've got I have still got recordings of it like I was I'd be in my bedroom and my guitar would be fucking completely out of tune I'd be singing in an American accent so I, I, it was not mm-hmm. something that was, you know, sort of given to me. It was, I, I, I like to think I worked for it. And I think if there's one thing that I do have any sense of ability is, is, the, is, is writing. I think that's one thing that I'm pretty confident I can write a good song. But, yeah, and then so I remember going to to Liverpool with my dad and going to the Beatles Museum, and I was, I was 14 then. And, and, yeah, the Beatles were a big one, and the Ramones, of course, too. I think those, yeah, those sort of, like... I don't know. Now it's very different. Now it's very eclectic. But when I was when the band was starting, I was like, yeah, like four chord punk and the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> um, t- tell me a little bit more about uh, your relationship with Grade Two. Just you know, with obviously them being another Isle of Wight band, and then I know we mentioned it before. Just a little bit about your your, your kind of official side projects that you, that you're doing with uh, with Jack from. From, from that band
1: yeah sure so the i just remember sid being i remember grade two being a thing obviously being in a band on the isle of white and they were always sort of like on the next easyJet flight to europe they sort of like picked up like a lot of steam in europe and they signed to yep. a label called contra records and so by the time they were like 14 or 15 they were they were touring europe you know it was, it was, yeah. so i was fully aware of them and sid and i lived probably 10 minutes away from each other and so I would see him walking. He had a um, a, a Rottweiler right. and, he, uh, and he'd be walking his, his, his Rottweiler um, sort of around Ride on the Isle of Wight. And I just remember, you know, thinking, you know, there he goes, the skinhead with the, with the Rottweiler. And I was probably, <laughs> and then we met and um, got chatting. And yeah, I remember the first time we sort of spoke, I was like, oh, you know, I'm in a band, like, what advice do you have? And then from there we just became friends and we became like really close and and yeah, and it was just sort of like, we just go on walks around, ride together. He'd like walk by mine and we'd, we'd walk around and talk about music. And then, um, so we've been friends for a long time. I mean, that's probably maybe not quite 10 years ago, but maybe eight oh, wow. years okay. ago, or seven years ago, a long time. And um, and Jack and I became friends a little bit after that. Um, Jack and I didn't really become super close until COVID. I remember we got booked to play South by Southwest in Texas. Oh, and- really? Yeah, obviously it was cancelled, unfortunately. Yeah,
0: yeah, well, yeah, of course,
1: because of COVID. And yeah, how um,
0: how come that, bu- that that booking came along for you? If you don't mind. That was through it. the record
1: label through Burger Records at the time. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Um, obviously, full disclaimer: we have no association with that label at all. I feel like I have to put that out there. Um, these days, but at the time, obviously, it was pre-cancellation. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah, so. Uh, yeah, so they they, they, have, they had a stage at South By, and they wanted us to play, and so obviously we obliged. And I remember phoning Jack. Jack had just bought a Reminders t-shirt during the pandemic. I don't know why. He really <laughs> likes our song Picturesque, and we sort right. of like did the artwork for that song on a t-shirt. And I remember him messaging me and saying like, oh, can I buy one of those t-shirts? So he was in my Instagram messages, and then I messaged him like, yo, we're like, we've been offered the US. What advice do you have? Can I give you a ring? um and so yeah we, we called and then that sort of sparked like a really like sweet sort of we, we always say that we're a pandemic couple
0: <laughs> uh
1: that's sort of like an ongoing joke and then that september um the september that it was sort of covid not covid um we started writing together i don't really remember how that came about we just sort of started writing songs together and i was still on the isle of wight at that point and yeah, we started like writing all the time and hanging out and demoing songs. And it sort of got to this point where we had like an insane amount of songs that we really liked and that weren't reminder songs of grade two songs. I think some of the songs that we wrote together went on to become reminder songs and grade two songs. And, but there was like a good batch of ones that we were like, yeah, this is like wicked, but we have nothing to do with them. And simultaneously to Jack and I writing songs together, um he was writing with toby who i knew of because toby used to play in this sick band called dreamer joe and i remember yeah they were on the Isle of white and they have an ep called my hand and the fingers oh no it's called kick and scream it's called kick and scream okay. and it's wicked dreamer joe kick and scream it's on Bandcamp. oh my god so that was toby's band and i remember them because they're a couple years older so when i was i thought they were like the coolest band ever when i was first forming reminders yeah. and um Anyway, so Jack and Toby were writing together, and so he sort of like amalgamated us, you know, put us in the same sort of stirring pot, and um, and yeah, the first time we ever met up, the three of us, we wrote a song called "Keep It," which is the first single that we've put out yeah. as a sound project, and it could, it may be the we've done, we have recorded a whole EP, but we're not really sure what's going to happen with it. It's, it's just a bit, of, it's, it's a bit of fun, and we're not taking it too okay. seriously, but um. But yeah, that song Keep It is like one of my favorite songs I've been involved with. And yeah, and it was like the first time we all met up, Toby played this riff and Jack and I were like doing lyrics and melodies. And yeah, I think, well, I think it's like a, it's a fucking really cool project that I'm like super stoked about.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Um, Going back to reminders. um, So obviously got the single about to come out. Hopefully, hopefully I've got this episode out before then. So for the listener, it's it's either already out or it's coming out and you said january twenty january 20th right
1: yeah next friday as of next today. friday
0: okay so it's either about to be out or it might already be out already depending on when you're time. listening to this either but way either way go and listen to it um and then obviously got the tour with my boys the following week
1: boys. Yeah, um, yeah i can't fucking wait
0: on which we're finally going to meet in person i'm sure because i'll definitely be at the london show so uh i can't then.
1: Wednesday, the third of February.
0: <laughs> yeah. So if you're listening to this before that date, make sure you're at the Black Heart.
1: Be there or be square. <laughs> have you
0: have you uh, either played or have been to the Black Heart? By the way,
1: I don't know, but I'm I'm stoked that the show's in Camden. I, I love Camden and yeah, like- it's
0: a cool. It's a it's it's a good location because it's right by the Underworld and it's it's a good venue. the The venue's upstairs. It's a cool bar. Yeah,
1: right it's- outside the tube stop. And that's banging
0: yeah seems like most um gigs of this kind of ilk mm. um in london are always at the new cross Inn, which this w- this was originally going to be so it's kind of cool that it's moved there so yeah makes it a bit different yeah what was i going to ask you oh yeah so i was going to ask um so once that's out of the way you know what, what's happening this year for reminders what's you got any other releases come planned tours tell me about it what 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 can you tell us about at this point
1: oh my god what can't i tell you i mean yeah we, i've got like, i've got quite a few songs i think twenty twenty two, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two 2021 2022 was quite a prolific year for me as a as a writer and um yeah, yeah we've we've got quite a, we're sat on quite a volume of songs and and like i say i'm always collaborating with other people and i think i've I've learned a lot but particularly writing like pop i've been writing and collaborating with a lot of pop artists which is um, mm-hmm you know, like I say, something that I can't shed too much light on right now, but hopefully if any of the songs do get cut, you will hear about it. Whether they do or not, I don't know. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's been like, I think I've learned a lot about songwriting. And I think, um, you know, when you, when you go in to a songwriting session with the one aim of making the, the catchiest piece of music humanly possible, um, lyrically, melodically, while still wanting it to be like mildly intellectual, so people don't want to, gouged their ears off it's quite like the task it's almost like piecing a puzzle together and I think you know since then I've sort of like it's become a little bit more of a science to me now particularly like the Reminders Power Poppy Beach Punk sort of sound you know it's like a I think sort of Frankenstein international dial tones was like a really informative experience for that and you know so in terms of songs we have a lot of songs which ones we, we will record and which ones we won't I'm not sure what I can tell you is that there's two that we're really excited about, one called Hilton Road, um, okay. which is a bit of a ballad. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. I say yeah. a ballad, I mean, it's still only like three minutes, but it's a, it's a bit of a heartbreak tune and, um, and a song called Olivia, which interestingly I demoed in Hamburg, in a demo in a, sorry, in a hotel room in Hamburg with a Chino, guitar player of Lovebreakers, and Nathan, drummer of Lovebreakers. Nice. Um, I remember we sort of like we were really bored we were in Hamburg in this horrible hotel and um, <laughs> I was like boys I was like I want to show you this song that I've written and of um, like, course cool. so we went down to the van and I got like the, the acoustic guitar and I played them this song and they, they were super excited about it and I was like like well we're not doing anything tonight we're like in Hamburg like this sucks I was like let's let, like, do you want to demo it because Nathan had his laptop and his keyboard and yeah. so we went into mine and Nathan's room that we had in the middle of summer in Hamburg and we demoed that song yeah. it's called, well i don't know whether it's going to be called olivia or rollercoaster i think at the moment i'm leaning to towards rollercoaster open brackets olivia close brackets
0: okay uh, okay
1: but yeah i'm super excited about that song and i think that could be the next one potentially um but so there's definitely songs in terms of playing live we've been booked for some festivals like i was telling you earlier before we started yep. recording so we're going to be at some festivals and i hope some you know some tours come around i mean you know it's it's quite early in the year still and you know january is a rather sleepy month for music industry updates and things yeah. like that so we're sort of like a uh, on beach ball of death mode right now just sort of weighing it out but um but we'll see i think you know i'm just really excited to get i'm really excited chris more than anything to get a current song out because i think as it was all well and good putting out the record and i loved it and i'm super proud of it but you know i wrote picturesque when i was 16 or 17. yeah or you know post yeah yeah it's 15. going so that's
0: going back yeah
1: i'm 22 now and i think yeah you know it's it feels it, sometimes it feels a little bit insincere trying to shout about songs that you know you don't relate to anymore and yeah you know and i also like i mean you know i don't want people thinking that i'm 22 going on 17 because i write because sure. everyone thinks that you know i wrote picturesque last week and i'm a Sort of emotional seventeen-year-old, although I'm a very emotional twenty-two-year-old. <laughs> there's a difference, as you will hear in international dial tones. January twentieth, then records. There we, record.
0: there we go. There we go. That's cool, man. That kind of that leads us up to where you're at with the band and stuff. I guess. Um, I mean, if there's anything we haven't covered, feel free to shout now. Um, but if not, we normally wrap this up by just asking some random questions. So. If it's cool with you, I'll just do yeah. the same with you, if that's all right.
1: Let's do it. I think it's like a quiz. Uh, not,
0: it's more quick fire questions than a quiz. Okay,
1: Okay. Wait, okay. Go, yeah. yeah, Yeah. I'm ready.
0: Okay, let, let, let's start with a boring, but, you know, kind of obvious one to ask, but three all-time favorite records. And, you know, you don't, I'm not going to hold you to this because I know this is putting you under pressure, but what would be contenders for your top three records of all time?
1: I have a list on my phone called records. I heart with an right. heart emoji. And I was actually looking at it yesterday of all time. I mean, wow. Okay. One has got to be a poet's life by Tim Armstrong. Um, nice. His solo record. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking up album. Um, revolver by the Beatles. Although I'm always torn between revolver and magical mystery tour, but I'm going to go with revolver right now. And then Warning by Green Day because I have to put Green. I'd be a fraud. I'd be lying to you, Chris. I've had to put a Green Day record in there, and I think Warning is my favourite. So
0: yeah, that's fair. And after everything you said about them, it wouldn't it wouldn't be right to leave be them out. Right right. To. Okay, favourite all time TV
1: show. Oh my god, TV show. Um, I think it has to go to Modern Family. Um, it's like it's uh maybe that's a little bit of a, of a or seinfeld but probably Modern family i think it's hilarious oh yeah
0: you 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 you, did you see my sign my geeky seinfeld lego post i did the other day
1: it's <laughs> so sick i loved it i absolutely loved it um yeah so I, well I, I yeah i think it's gonna have to go to Modern family but seinfeld is a close second but i'm all about comfort shows sitcoms. me
0: too me too 20
1: minute lighthearted stuff so
0: and that's interesting. Like for your age as well. So, like Modern Family would have been something that you properly grew up with in your in your teens and that. Whereas Seinfeld was obviously something that was wrapped up, I guess, before you were born. So
1: yeah, yeah, like three years before I was born. But yeah, yeah, I, loved, yeah. I absolutely love it. But yeah, I think Modern Family has to go to Modern Family.
0: Okay, fair, fair. What's your what's your favorite Seinfeld episode? Real quick.
1: Oh my god! Um, you know the one where. Um, Oh my god! You know the one where George is giving out the um the uh, the fake uh, charity gift cards. It goes, "I've given, I've donated money in your name to this charity that he's made up." Do you know <laughs> what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's like, That's like a, a a later one.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like I would, I would say like season seven or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's cool. like he's made up this charity for, like a World for Change. It's like made up, and he's printed these business cards. <laughs> or the one where he pretends to be, and you probably can't, you probably couldn't do this now. But the uh when he pretends to be disabled to get the bigger office at work and then oh, right. they find out that he's like totally able and then they all hate him and think he's a piece yeah. of shit. Yeah. He's just so funny. I think there's a there's a little George Costanza niggling away in all of us, so Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think that's true. I think that's true. Um, have you ever seen a ghost?
1: A ghost? Um I used to live in a building that was definitely haunted people would see orbs all the time i think the closest thing to a ghost that i saw was i was with my dog and we were in the lobby of the building and he was going crazy barking and sort of like hairs on the back of his you know back hair his hairs were up which is like a telltale sign with dogs that they're agitated And there was no one around nothing was happening so we got in the lift i lived on the eighth floor we got in the lift me and my black lab buddy and uh, he was still going crazy, barking, like going insane, like to the point where it's like quite, you know, concerning. And then the lift doors open on like the third floor, nobody got- comes in or goes out, obviously yeah. just the dog lift, and then he's totally calm. Oh, that's, that's, that's weird. Maybe, that's the closest, but um, no, not a ghost maybe, but a paranormal experience perhaps.
0: Cool story. And... I'm going to ask this one. This is one I normally ask, or I've started asking. Okay, so I'm going to give you three previous podcast guests that we've had, okay. and you can only keep the music of one of them. So let me just...
1: Oh, my just God. Sum. No, because you're going to see Great and Love <laughs> 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 That evil laugh is a I'm, terrible indication. I'm
0: so tempted to include them, but I'm going to go easy on you. And I'm going to... Um, shall I include him? So, I was going to say, I was going to include Frank Turner, but like that's that'll be easy for you because you already said that you're not a big fan of him. I would no. suck Frank
1: Turner off it like
0: that. <laughs> All right, I'm not going to include him. Right. So, we're going <laughs> to include Men Singers. Um, You've had them on the show. We have had the Men Singers, yeah. Um, <laughs> Get Up Kids and Yellow Card.
1: And uh, I can only pick one.
0: You can only keep the music of one, yeah. Yeah,
1: the Menzingers, is 100 million percent.
0: Oh, okay. That was an yeah, easy one After for you. Party,
1: I mean, I love that album.
0: Yeah, it's great. It's know, great.
1: Yeah, that's contender. Going back to the other question, it's like, that could be a contender for like, not top three, but definitely in the top ten.
0: They're a great band. I look forward to what's next for them. Did, did you catch them on their last tour when they were over in autumn? Yeah, I did. Do
1: you know what? I was... They played too long and then they started playing The Clash and I got really bored. <laughs> yeah, they opened with Anna and I love that song. It's one of my favorite
0: yeah, songs.
1: Yeah, great song. It's like an amazing song. But, you know, definitely like probably my, one of my top three songs ever. Like incredible. And they opened with it and I was quite disappointed by that because I thought it, I thought they should have closed with it or like had it more towards the end because it's such an anthem and I thought people should be singing it going crazy. Um, And then, yeah, I was sort of exhausted by the time they, they covered – um. What's what Clash song was it? Um, what Clash song was it? Death or Glory. Yeah. And by that point, I was checked out. I was like, oh, okay. "Fuck this!" I was like, "I don't, I don't need this right now."
0: <laughs> and final question: I, I feel like I might be able to get the answer to this already. But favorite band of all time?
1: Yeah, it's a, it, uh, it's a tough one because who do I? Who's my favorite band of all time? Who do I think the best band of all time are? My favorite band of all time has to go to Green Day. um The best man of all time is the Beatles. But I would not be sat here today um, in my kitchen with my bin in the frame of the shot talking to (laughs) you if it wasn't for Green Day. So how could I give it to anybody else?
0: On that note, Leo, I'll let you go. Um, Thanks so much for giving us... I, it's so weird it's, it's giving me your time I i still have my co-host nick normally uh he's recently had a baby that's why i've been doing a lot of solo shows recently so Congrats, i just nick.
1: instinctively
0: say giving us your time but um, no, yeah
1: no thank you no, thanks for having me like I say, although i didn't know that I have, i'm gonna have to go back and listen to the Menzingers episode because i did not know that's the thing yeah it was a little while ago it was summer of 2019 i think right, so just so, after so anna would have just come out that's amazing
0: so, uh, I'll tell you something Anna had been released that day that we spoke to him oh my I god remember. wow I remember listening to it like just before the interview it came oh out god, like an hour before so the interview so
1: excited yeah. yeah oh my god that sounds incredible that's sick Yes, yeah, so I'll have to go back and check that out i like I say to genuinely arrive, like listen to the podcast
0: yeah oh I appreciate that man for you to arrive and I can't wait for you to arrive
1: and I can't wait for you to arrive and we we'll are see In honest strength, I'm making my way through Making it perfect, and I don't miss you